Good evening. Welcome back to Grace Baptist Church and our presentation here on this uh, lovely Wednesday evening. I hope you are doing well and I hope your family is healthy and safe. And as always, I just want to thank you for the opportunity to share a few minutes tonight from Scripture and challenge us just a little bit this evening. If you are watching us for the first time, we especially uh, welcome you and thank you for jumping into this study. And if you are visiting us for the first time, there is a contact us button down at the bottom. If you could fill that out, a kind of a visitor's card for us. If you have any questions about our ministry or we can help you, we would certainly love to hear from you. You can also visit our website, gracenc.org, and we would invite you to contact us through our, our, uh, our, our website as well. Also, on our website, if you would be so inclined to help us financially as we continue to minister here in our church ministry and our school ministry, we would invite you to go to our website again, gracenc.org, and you can click the Give button, and you're certainly able to give that way. I would also ask if you would take a moment before we jump into tonight's content to like us on Facebook and maybe even share this content tonight. It may be a help to some folks that you know. And our goal here at Grace is to, number one, bring glory to God. But number two, have the opportunity to minister to as many folks as we as we possibly can. As we jump in tonight, I just want to remind you that we have been, uh, just last week, started a brand new study. And this will be a several week study. And uh, we are looking at our attitudes and how we how we think and how we respond to life. And we spent some time in our last session kind of introducing this study. And tonight we are going to look at the first sort of negative attitude. And then in the next section, we will take a look at the attitude that we want to replace this un- ungodly attitude, this un- un- uh, uh, sort of unchrist like attitude, we want to replace that with something that would that would please God. And so that's going to be our pattern over the next several weeks. And we'll begin with the negative, and then we will look at the attitude that we want to replace this attitude with. Understanding this comes from the New Testament principle that we are to put off sinful things, and we are to put on righteousness and godly decisions. And so this isn't so much a series talking about something that we stop, although that's important. It's primarily a study in replacing something that displeases God and replace it with something that that pleases Him. I want to begin just by reminding us that as we begin the study on attitudes, I want to just remind all of us that our attitudes don't choose us. We actually choose our attitudes. As we studied last week, sometimes these attitudes get so ingrained in us, they really become a habit. They become something that we do without without much thought, without any thought, actually. We just respond to life in certain ways, and we have learned those patterns of behavior. Sometimes we maybe saw those modeled for us. In our homes growing up, maybe we saw a particular pattern of behavior, response, a particular attitude in our our parents. But we have to not blame our parents for our attitudes. Instead, we have to identify our sinful attitudes and we want to replace them with something that pleases God. So, tonight we are going to talk about 
perhaps an attitude that we likely all struggle with, and probably the easiest one for us to begin with, and it is the attitude of complaining. Now, let's start with a couple of definitions. First of all, what is an attitude? What do we mean by that? We, it's one of those English words that we kind of use, but but what do we mean by an attitude? Let me define it for you. It is a disposition, a tendency or orientation. Attitudes are a pattern of thinking formed over a period of time. They are, in a sense, a way of approaching life. And very often our attitudes come out when we are facing the circumstances of life and things happen to us and what comes out of us is the habitual attitudes that we have developed over a period of time. And we want to be honest with ourselves and understand that our attitudes, while we can change them and we do choose them, this is not always an easy process. In fact, if you are a faithful attender here at Grace Baptist Church or you watch us online, we've been talking through the book of Philippians off and on about having a Christ-like attitude and having an attitude of rejoicing. So this idea of attitude has really been on my mind. And uh, part of the reason is because this is such a common problem for each and every one of us. So an attitude is kind of a disposition, how we approach life. And so let's talk about this. What does it mean to complain Well, to complain is to express dissatisfaction, pain, uneasiness, resentment, or grief to find fault. It means to make an accusation sometimes. And I'm complaining. In fact, what it means is I could lodge a complaint, a legal complaint about somebody. And that's one definition of this word complain. We're not really talking about that. We're talking about this disposition to find fault. This disposition to express resentment, to express dissatisfaction with those around us. Now, let's start here with this question when we think about complaining. Why do we complain? Well, I would begin, first of all, by suggesting that we complain because it's fun. There's something in us, in our sin nature, that complaining just sort of appeals to us. And if you are a person that hangs around with, spends any significant time with people who are complainers, complaining is contagious. Why? Because it's fun. There's something in our sin nature that enjoys this process of complaining. Complaining releases, number two here, we we complain because it's fun. It's part of our sin nature. But secondly, complaining releases negative emotional energy in a way that provides a momentary relief from a situation or a circumstance. I had a, I had a staff member in a previous ministry, and I remember this person would often come into my office, and very often they would come in without knocking, without actually making an appointment. They would just kind of come in, and they would sit down, and they would sort of bring this truckload of complaint The imagery I always think about is this dump truck. She would kind of back up to my desk with her dump truck of complaining and just complain and complain and complain and gripe and share every grievance that she could think of. And she would always say this, well, I just needed to vent. 
And she would get up and walk out. I would say very little. And she would say inevitably, man, I feel better. And I remember thinking, I'm glad you do because now I feel terrible. You've brought all these complaints and issues and problems and whatever's on your mind today. And you've left them on my desk and you walk away feeling better. Now, don't misunderstand. We all need places and times where we can express issues that are on our heart and venting. Well, that's not a favorite word of mine. There is something to expressing to someone, hey, here's a frustration that I am experiencing. That inherently can be helpful at times. But we're talking about this ongoing attitude of constantly complaining, constantly finding fault, and constantly finding dissatisfaction in the things of life. So there is a healthy way to do it, but let's be honest with ourselves. Most of us don't do this in a healthy way. We very often complain. I want to draw your attention to Numbers chapter 11, and I'm going to read just three three verses or so this evening, and we're going to look at a couple of other texts in this first session, and uh, the second session actually, and then the third session we're going to come back and look at a few more texts and looking at the opposite of complaining in our next ses- session, but listen to Numbers chapter 11 verse 1. It says this, it says, and the people complained in the hearing of the Lord about their misfortunes, And when the Lord heard it, his anger was kindled, and the fire of the Lord burned among them and consumed some of the outlying parts of the camp. Then the people cried unto Moses, and Moses prayed to the Lord, and the fire died down. So the name of that place was called Teberah, because the fire of the Lord burned among them. Now, we are dealing with the Old Testament age here, talking about the people of Israel as they are coming out of the uh, their bondage in Egypt, and they're on their way to the promised land. And if you know the Old Testament at all, if you're familiar with the Old Testament, even probably mildly familiar with it, you know that the people of Israel, as they were coming out of Egypt, they were known, they were kind of notorious for being known as complainers. So they were not very far down the road when the people of Israel began to show this spirit, this attitude of rebellion. And throughout the wilderness wanderings, as they are wandering through the desert, as they're wandering through the wilderness on their way to the promised land, we know repeatedly we find the spirit or this attitude of complaining. It was kind of a cyclical pattern for the people of Israel. They would complain against God, they would be obstinate toward his blessings, and they would rebel and push back toward God. Now, if you have a Bible, I would invite you to flip back to Exodus chapter 15, and understanding that in Exodus 15, we are not very far past the Exodus. And I guess I'm making a little bit of an assumption when I talk about the Exodus that that you're familiar with what happened, and you may not be. So let me just take a brief moment and describe for you what happened. God's people, the people of Israel, they were held as slaves in the nation of Egypt. And God miraculously delivered them when he divided the Red Sea, and the people of God were delivered from the oppression that they were facing when they were captive in Israel, excuse me, in Egypt. 
And God was leading them to the promised land, to the land of Canaan that he had given to them and promised to them. And this was going to be their land and they were going to be God's chosen people. Moses was the leader of this expedition. And as they are leaving toward the promised land, God has provided miraculously to get them out of the land. And as they're traveling along, they are repeatedly taken care of by God's uh, care and, and miraculously cared for by God. But it was never quite good enough for the people of Israel, and they fell repeatedly into this pattern of complaining. And so when we think about Exodus 15, we are not very far past the fact that God had miraculously divided the Red Sea, and God's people had been delivered from the bondage they had experienced in Egypt. So in Exodus 15, verse 22, we find this description, it says, Then Moses made Israel set out from the Red Sea that God had just parted for them. And they went into the wilderness of Shur. They went three days in the wilderness and found no water. When they came to Marah, they could not drink the water of Marah because it was bitter. Therefore, it was named Marah. And the people grumbled against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? And he cried to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a log, and he threw, threw it into the water, and the water became sweet. There the Lord made for them a statute and a rule, and there the Lord tested them, saying, If you will diligently listen to my voice, the Lord your God, and do that which is right in his eyes, and give ear to his commandments, and keep all of his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you that I put on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord your healer. Okay, and so God had delivered them, but he also had brought pestilence and disease against Egypt because Pharaoh would not release them. And so God here early on in the Exodus provides this miracle. The water was bitter to drink, but he provides water for them. And so they have this brief moment of, of, of relief and, and this brief moment of thankfulness for what God has done. Even while living in Egypt, the people of Israel were known as complainers. So this isn't new. Yes, they lived under difficult circumstances when they were in Egypt, but they still made a choice to sin against God and to be a constant complainer. Now, let's think about what their murmuring accomplished for a moment. Well, their complaining, like our complaining, first of all, accomplishes nothing of value. Their complaining didn't solve any problems, didn't bring any issues to, to resolution, it was simply this pattern of negativity. So their complaining, like ours, accomplished nothing of value. But what complaining does accomplish is it creates strife, it creates destruction, it creates this angst among people. And so when we are here in Exodus, excuse me, Numbers 11, and we find after the Exodus that the people are complaining yet again, in the ex. And then uh, say it again, wrong again there, excuse me. Numbers, there we go, Numbers 11, in the original text that we read, the people revert back to their spirit of complaining. Now, before we read past this, we want to understand that in this Numbers 11 passage, we find that their complaining was so distressing and so problematic. And so rebellious and disobedient to God that God holds them accountable 
for their negative attitudes. Okay, we don't exactly know everything that they were complaining about, but some of the patterns that we find them complaining about through their journey through the wilderness was Moses' leadership, their lack of food, the weather, the unpleasantness of the situation. And so there was constant issues for them to complain. And here in Numbers 11, we see that God responds and God actually holds them accountable for their attitude of complaining. Now, the reason I bring Numbers 11 to light here in the beginning of this study is because our attitudes truly mean much to our Heavenly Father. Our attitudes are not something that He just brushes aside and overlooks. Those of us that know Christ as our Savior, and especially if you've been a believer for any period of time, you know as well as I know that there are certain sins in the Christian world that we tolerate. We go after certain sins pretty strongly, and we should. But we often neglect these attitudes of of sinfulness, these attitudes of complaining. And we kind of brush those aside. They almost become, as one writer called them, respectable sins. They're okay. Well, according to Numbers 11, the complaining of the people of Israel was not okay. It was egregious in his sight. They were sinning against him. Think about this. How does your complaining sound to the ears of your heavenly father. How does God respond to our complaining? Does he listen to our complaining and just say, "Eh, I get it. I understand. Or is God holding us accountable for our sin? I wrote down a couple of questions for those of us specifically that are, that are parents. How do you feel as a parent when your children complain about your performance as a parent? How do you feel when your children complain about the rules that are in your household or the possessions that you have or the vacations that you take? How often do we respond to the ungratefulness of our children, but yet we are so ungrateful to our Heavenly Father? You see, as parents, We find it offensive when our children are not grateful. We find it offensive when our children complain. And yet we turn and do the same thing to our Heavenly Father. Those of you that that maybe don't know me very well, I have three children. And we have through the years, like so many of you, we try to take family vacations. And it is a challenge for us because we all have different tastes. We all have different likes. And there's been more than one time that my, my wife and I have taken our children on a vacation. And before very long, there is this spirit of complaining, the spirit of negativity. And as the father who earned the money to pay for said vacation, and we try to make things nice for our kids and take them out to have a good time, and they just complain. It's hurtful as a parent. It's disappointing as a parent. And oftentimes we don't respond very well as a parent. And yet we complain to our Heavenly Father. Let me leave you tonight with some applicational truths about complaining. Before you brush this aside and just say, you know what, just the way I am. No, you can choose your spirit. You can choose your attitude. 
and you can choose whether or not you complain. So before you fall into the trap and just say, well, this is just how I am, let me give you some applicational truths about complaining. Number one, complaining is sin. It is sin against God. Repeatedly in the New Testament, the book of Philippians alone, we are told multiple times to rejoice. You see this also in the Old Testament. We are called to rejoice. So we have to acknowledge that when we sin, we are, excuse me, when we complain, we are sinning against God. And when we complain, we also are hurting ourselves. We are leading our soul into kind of this wilderness living attitude. A complaining spirit leads to anger, bitterness, and even depression. And our, our complaining destroys our joy and leaves us with a dried up spirit. Secondly, complaining and grumbling about things, we often do this about things that are not necessarily wrong, but we just find things to complain about. We find things to grumble about. Number three, grumbling and complaining about situations that you can't do anything to correct is not helpful. So often much of our complaining is about things that we can't control. It's out of our it's out of our ability to change it. And honestly, if we would take all of that energy and put it into resolving a problem, it would be an investment of, of, of positive energy. Instead, we just complain and grumble about situations that we do nothing to correct. Now, fourthly, we often complain about our circumstances. Okay, we complain about the circumstances of life. And we all have to understand that we, each and every one of us is, in fact, um, measuring, in a sense, our, our lives against an expectation that we have all set in our minds. And very often when we complain, it's because our circumstances are not as we think they should be. We have to remember we all face a level of adversity in our lives. Things do not go as we, as we plan or as we intend. Traffic is heavier, uh, inconvenient times. That seems so often to be the case. People get sick. People have issues. People have problems. We can't control all of that, but we can control our response. Number five, complaining is an expression of dissatisfaction verbally, and sometimes it starts in our thinking. Often it starts in our thinking. So I leave you tonight with these three questions. Number one, are you a complainer? Are you known as a person who is known as a griper, a grumbler, a complainer? Number two, are you reaping the consequences of your complaining? Is this destroying your relationship with other people or with God? I think, I think back in my life, and you're probably the same, there have been people in my life that quite frankly after a while, you just kind of get weary of being in their presence because they just drain your mental energy because all they do is complain. Are you reaping the consequences of your complaining spirit? Third, third and final question for tonight, are you willing to repent and change your attitude? Take a few moments tonight as we conclude this second session and ask yourself, what are you doing to please God in your attitudes. Are you willing to repent even now and take responsibility for your complaining spirit and get that right with the Lord? Are you willing to do the hard work that it requires to change your attitude?
we'll probably mention this multiple times through this study, but habits take a period of time to, to settle into our routines. I'm a, I'm a creature of habit. So are you. We all create habits. We all create routines. And often our complaining spirit is a habit. It's not going to be corrected immediately. It's going to take time. It's going to take work. But I would submit to you tonight in closing that committing even now to put away your complaining spirit and obey God will bring joy to your life. And so let me urge you tonight, if complaining is an issue for you and it's something that you struggle with, let me, let me leave you with a, a sincere urging to repent of your complaining spirit and come back for the next session and we'll see what we replace our complaining spirit with. Thank you for joining us here at Grace Baptist Church. We thank you so much for tuning in tonight again. And we ask you to share this content with those that may benefit from this and also like us on Facebook. That would be a help to us as well. You can visit gracenc.org if you have any questions about our ministry and you would like to contact us, you can do that through our website. We'll see you again next week when we jump into session number three. And we look at the attitude that we replace our complaining spirit with, and we'll talk about that next time. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for this wonderful time together, and forgive us for our complaining spirit. And we pray, Lord, that the next session would be a help to us in replacing our complaining with an attitude that pleases you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful night.